Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Today, I would like to share with you the message that comes from the heart of God. This is a special message that God gave to me, and it may take a few weeks to finish, but I need to obey the Word of God, obey the Holy Spirit. In early January, while we having revival service on one Saturday night, God touched me. I love to be touched by God. And on that day, God touched me. I was drunk in the Holy Spirit for almost 40 minutes. I was sitting here, drunk in the Holy Spirit, and could not get up and walk and just sat there for a long time. Under the thick glory of God. And I love that experience because it really changed my life. While I was touched by God and drunk in the Holy Ghost, God spoke to me very clearly in my spirit. Not the audible voice, but in my spirit. He spoke to me five things. And he said to me that these five things I desire for the end time church to have and to understand. This is the mandate from heaven for the end time church. And God spoke to me clearly the five things. Because as the pastor of the church, I received this message I need to share with you so that our church will obey the Lord. Many times as believers, we like to listen to the sermon about how God can bless me. What can I do that I will be healthy and strong and prosperous? What can I do that God will give me more favor and grace? Nothing wrong about those teachings at all. Just inspiring and encouraging teaching. People love that because it's about them that they are blessed. But we need to understand that Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are our Lord. They are our Master. So one thing that the believers need to understand is how we can please Him. We are not seeking the blessing. We are seeking the blesser. And in order to seek the blesser of God, we need to know how to make him happy. How to make him smile. And this mandate from heaven, if we go along with it and practice, he will be smiling in heaven. How many people work in a job maybe for a company or have a boss, a manager in your life? How many people have manager? Okay. When you work in your office, you want to have a race. You want your boss to have an evaluation by the end of the year. Good job, five star. You don't want your boss to say, I give you some probation. If you don't improve, you are fired. You don't want that, is that right? You want your boss to say, good job. You want the boss to be happy. So you work hard. You're faithful. And one thing you need to do with your boss is to find out what your boss likes. You don't want to make your boss unhappy. So you want to find out, sit down with your boss, what do you like me to do? And when it happened, then your boss say, okay, we're going to give you bonus 15%, 30% this year of our benefit in the office. And that's how I live. When I was working for University of Washington, I make my boss so happy. I know what he likes, what he doesn't like. And I work so hard, I make my patients happy so that they will tell another 10 people that this is a good doctor. When your boss is happy, your clients are happy, then they will spread the news and say, go to see this guy. This guy is a good employee. This guy is a good doctor. In the same way, we want to make sure that our boss in heaven is happy. And in order to make him happy, we need to know what is in his heart and what he likes to see in this world, in this generation, and in our church, and in our family, in our life. My philosophy about being a Christian is to live a life that is pleasing to God. I want God to be happy with me. I don't want God to be grieved or to be unhappy, to be sad about my life. I want him to smile all the time about me. I want to be a good child, a good son of God. 
So today and in the future, in a few Sunday, I have a lot of scripture regarding these five mandates. I like to share about the five mandates that God has given to our church, and I believe that to any church in the world because it's in the Bible. Number one, and I'm going to go into detail each one. Number one, He said to me, "The church is the hub or the center of God's will on this planet Earth. He wants to build a church." And everything that we do should be in context of the church, where the doctrine, teaching, lifestyle, spending money, everything you do is about the local church. And I will read the scripture to you. Okay, it's not about my big ministry, Pastor l a u h a p r a s i t ministry. It's about his local church. Number two, what he want to see in this generation. Number two, holiness. He want to see his people. Be sanctified and be holy people. Three, I'm gonna mention five things first, and I'm gonna go into detail each one. Number three, he want us to grow up to be mature people, not be baby Christian anymore, not be like a crying baby in the church and have a bad attitude or have bad behavior. He want us to become like Christ. He want us to grow up in our attitude, our mindset. The mind of Christ, the way we live, the way we relate to people, the way we walk by faith, and the way we walk in love, we need to grow up. We cannot just stay the same. Grow up every year. Number three, number four, as a good dad in heaven, you know that our God is the Father. He is a good Father. His will is that He want to see His people prosperous, successful, fruitful, strong. And be used of Him in a mighty way. He has a great future for us, a destiny for all of us. Not just only me. All of us who are the believers, God wants us to be fruitful, prosperous, successful, and to become the head, not the tail. To be above, not beneath. To be like an eagle that flaps the wing, high in the sky, above all the problems in life. He wants us to be that kind of Christian. Not just become mature, but we have, we are victorious. We are more than conquerors. We can do all things to Christ Jesus. That's number four. Last one, number five, that he spoke to me. He want the end time church to love, to welcome, and to live and walk in the glory of God. What does it mean? The glory. The glory means the thick, tangible presence of God. God shows up in a tangible way. He wants all of us to love the glory. That's why I pray a while ago at the beginning. This is not religion. This is not tradition. This is not ritual. We want God to show up here in a tangible way. You can sense His presence. You know that God is speaking to you today, not just babbling word from the mouth of the pastor, but God is here speaking to people, touch people. Change your life, bring revival to you, and I don't care what sickness you have. God can heal you, even though the doctors say that you have some incurable heart disease. God still can heal you, and because you are in the glory. So we're going to go into detail of each part of the five mandates. I may come back back and forth because, for example, when we have Easter Sunday, I may have to switch the message to something else. But I will come back again for the five mandates. Let's talk about the first one. Build his local church. His local church is his heart. He wants to build a local church. Everything he does is related to his family. Do you notice that the first institution that God ordained to happen in the book of Genesis is the institution of family? He created Adam, then he created Eve. And he say, "Okay, you come together to be a husband and wife, and then you have kids and be fruitful and fill the earth." That is the first family institution, and God knows that without a good family, the children will suffer. That's why the church now is more like a dad to the fatherless, because they need the dad. Everyone who come from the broken family. And 
does not know Jesus Christ or come from the family that got rejected by dad and mom, the dad walk away or divorce or have a come from the family that the mom and dad are broken down in addictions or something, the kids that grow up in a broken home in a family that has problems spiritually usually have a lot of problem, and you need to. Help them, pray for them, try to get them out of all this problem of rejection and bad behavior. But the family that's very loving, strong, love one another—the husband and wife, the dad and the mom—the parents are around to train their children. Usually, the children grow up well-to-do spiritually, emotionally, and everything. What it means, what I try to say is that. The family institution is very important in this world. More important than I'm talking about in the natural. More important than the government, than anything, than even financial institution. If the family institution breaks down, the whole society breaks down. That's why the devil loves to attack the family institution. But spiritually, in the same way, spiritually, once you become a believer, you are a child of God. He doesn't want you to be an orphan, walking out there on the street without a home, without a parent or the spiritual father to take care of you, without training, teaching, disciplining. He wants you to be in his family, so that you will be strong and good Christian, so that you grow up to be a mature man and woman of God that God can use you. People who don't go to church will never grow up; they will be baby Christian forever. That's why, in his heart, as a dad, you know that our God is a father. He has the fatherly heart toward his people. I feel that in my heart all the time. How God cares for his children, because the Holy Spirit works in me. He is the father, and he really wants his people to be in a family, in a local church. The book of Ephesians, chapter three, verses fourteen to fifteen, say, "For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name." Galatians six ten talk about the family. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. God say that in His heart. The local church or the family of God is so significant, so important to Him, and we need to really pay attention to build the family of God and be a part of the family of God. He wants his kids to grow up, being trained, doing well, and know what to do. I just realized um, yesterday when I was growing up in Thailand as a young boy, I learned that about. Hundred years ago, Thai people who grow up as a young kid, they went to the temple to study language and mathematics. Everything they were trained in the Buddhist temple. They did not have school at that time. So when that memory come back to me, I say, "Wow, the church is the place to train people. May, we may not train you to be a neurosurgeon because you need to go to the hospital to cut on somebody's head, but we train you to be a mature man and a woman of God." The school will not train your kids to have good ethics and have the good value of life. Where your kids going to be trained to have the right value, the church. Where your kids going to be trained to have the right personality, how to deal with the boss, how to deal with their spouse, the church, not the school, for sure. The church is very important in the eyes of God because that's where people get trained. In Ephesians chapter four, verses twelve to thirteen, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, which means the church, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature. Everyone say mature. Don't be baby. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, God wants us to be mature. And if we don't join to the church and commit our life in the local church, we will never become mature. Jesus see the importance of the church. Who say in Matthew sixteen eighteen, I will build my church. I like English language. I will build my church. He doesn't say I may build my church. He doesn't say let me think about it. I just intend 
but I don't do anything about it. I will in English language mean no if and or but. No one can stop me. I am fighting people on this earth. In each generation, including our generation, somebody who say like I say, yeah, here I am. Use me to build your family. In this generation and in this city and in other cities that you send us to, we're going to be a part in building the church. Because in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 to 11 say, His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to His eternal purpose. It is His eternal purpose to build a church and to use the church to demonstrate His wisdom, His power, His goodness, his righteousness, his holiness, his quality, his goodness to this lost and dying world. And it's his eternal purpose. It's not just temporary purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Why in Christ Jesus? Because Jesus died for the church. Without Jesus' death, we will not have the church. He loved the church so much. Let me read to you how much he loved the church. Ephesians 5, 25 to 29. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He loved the church to the point that he was willing to die. We are so precious. We are so valuable that the son of the living God willing to give up his life to have you here, to have the church. He loved you to the point of death. After all, no one ever hates his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, as Christ does the church. He not only loves the church, but he feeds, he cares. If you come to my house, Pastor Dark can witness. I am the shepherd. The Holy Spirit works in me all day long. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep. I spent a lot of time studying the Bible, writing the lesson, getting into the Word, and the Holy Spirit keep working in me. Feed my sheep. Love them. Feed them. Build them up because my people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. My people suffer because they don't know my Word. So he used the shepherd like me to feed the sheep. And now with the technology, we have the podcast, we have the YouTube and MP3 and all this stuff so that people can listen to the old messages. We spend so much time and money and energy to produce the teaching in the YouTube so that we can feed other people in the world. I just got the email from somebody sent email to our church that one lady has an incurable disease and somebody hand her the teaching from our church, the file of God, the healing, everything. She listened, and the doctor could not heal her. She got healed. Is that great? That we can feed people outside too, too, to see the miracle. Then she told her friend, her friend could not have a baby, become infertile, could not have a baby. She handed the same CD to that lady who could not have a baby and thinking about doing some kind of medical treatment to have a baby. That lady friend, listen to the teaching, get pregnant. You see the power of the word of God. That when you feed the sheep with the word, their faith rise up, miracle happen to them. And how this teaching come from? How does it happen? Through the local church. We have the local church that we can have video camera, recording machine, studio. I use my house as studio now, recording studio to feed the sheep. So that the sheep all over the world can be strong, can be mature, can be blessed. Amen? Amen. God wants His people to be strong. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Keep watch over yourself and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God. If you read the New Testament carefully, the New Testament, by Paul, Peter, John, James, you will notice one thing, okay? The context of the New Testament, the whole thing, writing to local churches. And talk about church life, talk about how to serve God with the gifts, how to relate to each other in the church. 
Can women preach in the church? All this stuff. I'm going to come up with that sermon soon about women can serve God or not in the church. And you see, everything about the New Testament is about the local church. So we are in the church dispensation now. The church is the hub of everything. If the church is strong, family is strong. Your kids are strong. The society is well blessed. Your job will be strong. Everything is around the church. If the church is strong, everything is strong. That's why when I listen to any teaching in the internet or CD, and if the preacher doesn't believe in local church, I start to doubt that doctrine because they don't even understand church life. They don't understand how pastors live, how the members relate to each other. The doctrine can be off because it's not in the context of the local church. Every doctrine must be in the context of how church life runs. Amen? And that's how Peter and Paul and James wrote the Bible, which he bought with his own blood. You are so precious. Jesus shed his blood to buy you into the church. The church is not a building. The church is a group of people. We can have a church right now on the parking lot. We can have a church right now in the jungle. It's not about building. It's about group of people come together. Now, let me read another scripture. Psalm 92, verse 13. Psalm 92, verse 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. What is the house of the Lord? The local church today. Shall flourish in the courts of our God. This is the promise of God. When you are planted in the church, you are not a church hoppers. You are not visit this church, visit that church. And you try to please every church. You plant in one local church. You shall flourish. A lot of Christians are not thriving, are not prosperous, or they have temporary prosperity, temporary healing, or temporary victory because they don't understand Psalm chapter 92. They keep hopping, or they are just attending the church. It's different between attending a local church and planting yourself in a local church. You can attend the church for five years, ten years, and keep attending here, attending here, but you will never flourish because attending is you be an observer. Just be a consumer. Just teach me. Show me what to do. You are not a builder. But when you plant yourself in a local church, it means you are committed. You give your life. You carry the cross. You be committed. Faithfully serve. You will be protected. You will join the vision of that church. You support and build the church. And listen and honor to the teaching of that church. Honor the leader of that church. And say, use me. I want to be a part of that local church. Tell me what to do. Show me. If I have this gift, let me know what can I get involved in that church. That is planting yourself in the local church. You tie to that church. You give money to that church. You get involved in the ministry in the church. And then you can have the longevity of the blessing in your life. It will be a constant blessing because you are planted in the house of the Lord. When you plant yourself in a good local church, I don't mean it has to be this church, any good local church that teach the Bible and welcome the Holy Spirit, practice the Word, and have the love of God in the church. If you plant yourself in the local church, you will not be little and take lightly of the Word of God preaching in that church. You will listen carefully what God speaks in this church. You will find what ministry I can get involved with. You will fear God by Showing honor and respect to the leadership and to the pastor. Last night, I have discipleship group in my house. And I told the group that, do you know that pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher are the gift from heaven? They are leaders. And the first person that the devil wants to shoot down on the ground is the pastor. If I commit sin and start to go off from the Bible, the church will suffer. That's why... If you commit to a local church, you need to pray for the pastor. You need to protect your pastor. 
If the pastor go off, you need to correct your pastor personally, not on the stage. Okay, you need to read because every church need a good shepherd, need a good pastor to lead the flock toward the will of God. We need each other. I need you, and you need me. You need a good pastor, and then you need good members and workers in the local church. But your heart is like this: God, I will build the church of God. I remember when I came to the U.S. in 1985 to make green card because you have to come in to get a green card. When I first came in, one day I knelt down in my bedroom in 1985, and I said, "God, I will serve you all the days of my life. Use me." And after I prayed that prayer. I got a job at University of Washington. Supernaturally, my life turned around and changed to get better. And since that day, I make a commitment until the last day of my life. Believe me, if I'm 100 years old, I will still be here. If I'm not having physical problem, I believe I will not have physical problem. I will be healthy. I will be still here because I love the church. I don't come here because of my job or because I get a salary here or something like that. I come because I love the church. I want to be involved in building the local church, and you shall flourish not only on this earth, but you shall flourish when you stand before the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. On that day, you're going to have the crowd of glory because you build His church. You get involved. You pull up your sleeve and say, "I commit. I'm going to do it, and that's my life." If you don't want to do, that's okay. But I am Pastor Da. Going to commit our life to build the local church in Seattle and all over the world. Amen. That's why we produce so many teaching. We try to feed the pastor all over the world. We try to get involved in building the local church. And this is the promise of God in the book of Haggai. You have two choices. Let me read to you. Haggai chapter one verses five to six. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says: Give careful thoughts to your ways. You have planted. Much you work so hard, you work overtime, you try so much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. In other words, you try to work, you try to get salary, but you never become happy. Never enough. Get sick, pay the medical bill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages. Only to put them in the purse with holes in it. The money leak out to the medical bill, dental bill, car accident, the roof leak, all kind of leaking. Why? Let me read verses nine to eleven. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Now the answer. Why? Many Christians are not thriving or prosperous. Declare the Lord Almighty, because of my house. What is the house of God today? The church. Because of my house, which remains a ruin, which each of you is busy with his own house. Selfish Christians who busy with their own business and their own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew, and the earth is its crops. I call for a drought on the fields and the mountains on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces, on men and cattle, and on the labor of your hands, my dear brother and sister. This part of the scripture say, when Christians are selfish and just live for their own yard, their own business, their own house, their own. Vacation and retirement money—they don't care about the church. The church suffer. They, they use nice TV, but the church use rundown, broken TV. They think about their own beautiful chair at home, but the church chair is broken. They think about themselves. They are not blessed. The Lord is not happy. And look at people who willing to pull up the sleeve to build the church. This is what the Lord Almighty says: In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth. In a little while, I mean after you join a church, commit yourself to a local church for a while, not happen overnight. For a while, 
I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and desires of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory. We're going to talk about glory later on. Say the Lord Almighty, God wants to fill His church with His glory, the thick presence of God. But He say, I'm going to shake the heavens. I'm going to perform miracle from heaven. I will shake the earth. I will do something in the natural realm, and I will shake the nation. He's going to work in the hearts of people around you. Heaven, natural things, natural resources, and human resources. Your boss' heart. Your employee's heart, your customer heart. He shake their heart, and what he say: the silver is mine and the gold is mine. Declares the Lord Almighty: the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. We can go to the last sermon about the glory. He said that the glory in the time of Solomon, the time of Moses, he has that tent in the. Wilderness and the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. In the Solomon time, the cloud of glory filled the house. He said that the end time church will have more glory than those times. Look at the Book of Acts. The glory of God manifests in the Book of Acts. I want to build the end time church. I want to build the Book of Acts church. And I believe that if we press in and we believe, that's why you need education today. If we believe and press in, the glory of this church will be greater than Peter's and Paul's time. We will see more miracles. We will see more life change, because the glory of the end time, the latter house, will be greater than the early church, than the early house. That is the promise of God. Say the Lord Almighty, and in this place, I will grant peace. Peace in the Hebrew language is shalom. Shalom actually is not just peace that you don't have to take valium. The word shalom includes everything: protection, victory, well-to-do, prosperity, money, good health. Anything that is good, shalom more than just peace. It's about victory. Declares the Lord Almighty. So you have two groups here: believers who. Live for themselves. Don't care about the church. And the believers who say, "Use me," I pull out my sleeve. Pastor, what can I do in this church? I commit. I honor your teaching. I honor the things that God is doing in this house. Use me, even though I may have to lose sleep. I need to go to care group. I need to get involved in some ministry. I need to wake up early to come early to arrange a chair. Whatever, use me. I'm happy to do it. God said, "I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will shake the nations." And He said, "The gold is mine, the silver is mine." What He tried to say: "Don't worry. I will bless your business. I will bless your income. I will take care of you. You will do well. You shall flourish. You shall thrive. You shall have a steady, ongoing, non-stopping blessing." And Shalom. So God said the church is important in His heart, and if we get involved in building the local church, we will be blessed by the Lord. He will take care of His servant, and that's what happened to me and Pastor Da. I'm not preaching this just from theology in this book. I'm preaching from my own experiences. I remember when I graduated from University of Washington. To be a board-certified neurosurgeon. At that time, I got a phone call from the southeast part of America, say, "If you want to move here, you're gonna get three hundred, four hundred thousand a year salary as a neurosurgeon. We need a neurosurgeon." I look at Pastor Da's eyes and say, "No, I'm not gonna seek that three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars because I just started the church only a few years." The church needs a pastor. I will stay, and if I don't have a job in Seattle, God will feed me. Even though I just graduated of eight years of training at University of Washington, I say I choose the church first. The church comes first before my income. I, and I prove it. 
Even though my boss said you can go to England for a year, we pay for your own ticket. You have a free room and board. You work from nine to five, and you have weekend off to travel all over Europe. And the salary is bigger than America, and work less for one year. It's a big vacation for me. The whole family can go. I and Pastor Da and Tani Da can go. We decline. We say we are not going because I'm running the church. After Pastor Da and I say, we are not going to southeast part of America to get that $300,000, $400,000 job as a neurosurgeon. Only a few days later, I got a phone call at 6 p.m. at the house. Somebody called me up and say, Dr. Lauha Prasit, we have a job offer to you in Bellevue. You like to join us? I say, you need to talk to my boss first because my boss wants every... Resident to leave town. Don't stay around here. So he went to talk to my boss. My boss said, "For Varun, they call me Varun. For Varun, he can stay. Praise God! I got a job in Bellevue, and I'm still here today. You see, God never let you down when you want to build the house of God. But my heart, I choose the church first. I believe the church is the apple of His eyes. I believe that if I live for the church, He will take care of me. I have only one life to live, and I want to live for the thing that is so valuable in His sight. I don't care what other people say. I'm gonna follow the Bible. I'm gonna please my God who died for me, who shed His blood for me, who saved me from demons and idols in Thailand, who saved my family, heal me. He's a good God. I'm going to live my life for Him. And I want to challenge you today to do the same thing. I have a testimony of a man in our church. His name is Matt. He came to the church. At that time, he was a single man. And he liked to go after one lady, this lady. She said that if you want to date with me, the first date has to be in New Hope International Church. So the first date he came to church, and he said that he backslid already. He, after he went to college, he backslid. He came to this church, and since then, if he's in town, he never missed the church. And still commit to serve and stay here to be a part of the local church here. This lady is very wise. Let's date in the church. Let's test him. He, she even told him that if you don't like my church, no dating. Done. Bye-bye. You need to like my church. Wow, I like that kind of woman. Strong. I'm stand, this is the church God called me to be in. So Matt, can you give a testimony how God blessed your business? Can you come out here and share with us quickly? <laughs> Tell them how God take care of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks so much just for taking me in. You know, it was kind of a two-way street uh, when I met Rosemick because, you know, she, she, was, she was absolutely beautiful and you know, it didn't matter how beautiful she was. If she didn't love God, it was going to be over. And that was a two-way street. And so I was really thankful um, just to know that she was so committed to this church. And just everybody has been super loving, super grateful um, just to have me, uh, just to be a part of it. So I just want to say thank you to all of you. Absolutely. And um, it's been amazing. Just uh, I came over here from, from Montana making, I made $7.25 an hour. And to come over here and just to really dig, dig deep into dig deep into God. I, I stepped away from God for about three years, and um, I came back to it. What really got me to come back was John Maxwell. And if, for some of you guys that know John Maxwell, he's an incredible, incredible uh, author and speaker, and he got me to come back and was, came over here to Seattle. I hopped around to about six different churches just to see which one would fit for me, and then I met Rosemick, and so here I am. <laughs> and it's just incredible I mean I'm nobody special but just with the power of God um, he's definitely helped me land uh, a pretty lucrative job and um, it's, it's been incredible just to, just to bless my family just I have a, a very large vision for taking care of my, my mom and my dad and my brother and just being, a, just being an example to them you know and just being an example to a generation that a lot of people think are lazy a lot of people think are complacent, and I'm here to tell you my vision is to help raise that generation up 
into a generation that you guys can pass the church on to. Because Pastor Lau and Pastor Da, they have they've created such a strong foundation in this church. And they've done a lot of work. And it's time for our generation to rise up and take that torch. And so I'm, I'm very excited. And I just want to th- say thank you so much for Pastor Lau for having me come up here. But the church has been a great blessing to uh, Rose McKnight's life. So thank you. How about your testimony about your sale? Oh, um, it's, it's not through yet, but so we have a lot of, I have a lot of big deals going through right now, so definitely pray for me. Um, I'm about to start working with Paul Allen's company, Vulcan, uh, AI2, Perkins Coie, just, uh, just big names out there that I never thought I would ever be able to work with and get into. How about the one that the lady say, oh, oh that one, <laughs> that she doesn't want your company, but... Oh, absolutely. Your attitude of thankfulness and yeah, share yeah. that story. Yeah, absolutely. So there was a company up on Capitol Hill, and um, I've been eyeing this company for a little bit. It's called Glimpse. And I went in there, presented my, presented my, presented my case, and uh, I was going to save the company about 100 bucks a month with our service. And um, it was a go. She's like, I talked to the CEO. It's, it's totally a go. And then I get that dreadful email. Hey, we talked to the competitor. They have something cheaper. Sorry. And just kind of like broke my heart. I was just like, dang, I did all this work to get this deal. But I said, you know what? Can I at least come in and talk to you um, the next day? And she said, yes. And on the way there, I, I prayed in a, in a different way of prayer. Instead of saying, God, please give me this deal. Please give me this deal. God says, I already got you the deal. Why are you asking me if you need it? Why, why are you saying that you need it? And so I started praying, God, thank you that I've already got this deal. So... Praying in thankfulness is a huge change. You know, if you're going through like some downtime, just say, you know what? Thank you, God, for just bringing me through whatever you're going through. And from 11 to 11:30, I was already parked there, and I said, thank you, God, so much for giving me this deal. I don't know how you're going to do it. The competitor's cheaper than me. It's going to be. I don't know how you're going to do this. And so I walked in there, and the lady said, you know what? The last 24 hours has been very interesting, Matt. I tried to get a hold of the competitor. And I couldn't get a hold of them. Then all of a sudden, three guys offered me three different things from the, three, from the same competitor. And so, you know what? I'm, I trust you. I don't know what it is, but here's the deal. And she just gave me the paperwork. Oh, yeah. And I walked out of there. I was just like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> it's all him. Thank you. So... But it's, a, it's incredible. It's a journey. And just keep praying in thankfulness if you can take anything from uh, my story. So. Thank you. Thank you so much. Jesus said to the people when he was eight years old, I am about doing the business of God. You remember in the book of Luke? I'm about doing the business of God. We have two business to do. The business of our career or job, but we have the business of God. As we take care of God's house and God's business, He takes care of our business. So we need to seek the kingdom of God first and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto us. He can perform miracles. Amen? And the same thing happened to me. I have so many patients who went to see other surgeons and God spoke to them, why don't you get second opinion from this man? They came, they never left. They like me. They just stay with me. God, not that I'm a greater neurosurgeon or greater surgeon. God just take care of my business because I take care of his business in the church and in the mission field. So I'd like to encourage you. Five mandates. Today we talk about the first one, the local church. Let me read one last scripture before we preach next one. I'm going to end here. <clears throat> The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26, You are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy. And I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. Next time, when I have a chance, I'd like to talk about the second mandate in detail. To be holy. This is a very rare subject in the church because Pastor don't want to offend anybody, but it's biblical. And we need to pursue holiness in the church. Amen?
So that is second mandate for the end time house of God to be holy. The third one to be mature. The fourth one to be fruitful and victorious. And the last one we're going to talk about the glory of God. How the glory of God is important and affect our daily life, and why we need to welcome the glory of the Lord. How many people believe in what the Word of God say today? Raise your hand up. How many people say, I'm a doer of the Word? I'm going to put this teaching into practice. How many people believe that when you seek the kingdom of God first, God will take care of you? Yes. Amen. I believe that if you practice what you learn from the Scripture today, you shall rise up to the next level. You shall reach your destiny. And you shall overcome all the obstacles in your life. And you shall be used of God. And God will be pleased with you. You will get not only rewards on earth, but rewards in heaven. And your children, grandchildren, and the great-grandchildren to the thousand generations will be blessed. Because the father and the mom and this generation make a deal with God and take action to obey the Lord. You may not start right when you were young. You might have come from the poor and bad family. That's okay. We start in this generation today to live for God and to live a holy life and to pursue the will and the purpose of God in this generation. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to learn your word and to understand your heart, your mandates for the end time church. Lord, We want to be your disciple. We don't want to be pew warmers or churchgoers or consumers. We want to be a part of building something that's so good that will last to the next generation. We want to be used by you, Lord, to make a big difference in this generation and society. We want to be history makers and nation shakers. We want to be victorious people. Lord, and we know that when we receive your word like this and put it to practice, we will be the kind of people you can use, even though we may look ordinary in the eyes of man. We may look very average, but we are not average people. We are not just ordinary people. We are more than conquerors, Lord, as you promised in the Bible. And we can do great things for you. By the power of the Holy Spirit in this generation, Father, we thank you, Lord, for reminding your church with the five mandates that are recorded in the Bible, Father. We want to please the head of the church, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Before I pray for people, I'd like to ask anyone in this room don't know Jesus, I'd like to invite you to come into the kingdom. Of God, and after we pray, and you say, "God, I need more anointing to serve you in the church," I and Pastor Da will pray for you, lay hand on you. Do you know that Jesus has a touching ministry? He lay hand a lot. He lay hand on the on Peter's mother-in-law. He lay hand on the kids. God used his hand to touch people, and he laying on of hand is the foundational doctrine in the Bible in the book of Hebrews, chapter six. It's very basic: repentance, baptism, the judgment of God, and laying out of hand. Many things are very basic. Laying out of hand is a basic thing, and important because this is how God impart His power and anointing upon His people. Amen. If we don't practice the laying out of hand, I'm stealing the blessing from you, because that is the biblical way to impart the blessing into people's life. Amen. If you want to receive Jesus into your heart, or you want to come back to God, you may grow up in a Christian home, but you walk away. You have left the church. You may be hurt in the church. Even some of you grow up in the church and get hurt by the church. Come back home. There are good churches around, and I believe if you come here, we will take care of you well. We will make sure you are taken care, and we'll build you up. Amen. Pray with me, Father in heaven. Thank you so much for loving me first. I want to serve you. I want to repent of my sin. Today, Lord, I make a decision 
once for all to receive the grace of God that is Jesus Christ into my life. Come, Lord, and live in this home, my body, and lead me, guide me, teach me, anoint me, Lord, and use me. Lord, thank you so much for your truth and your grace. I will follow you until you come back. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you want me to uh, me and Pastor Da to lay hand on you, I'm here to bless you and lay hand. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless all of you. Thank you, Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.